Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Canes chip the puck forward for Fogel. Fogel with speed, forehand across the stall, and Soros with a glorious save on stall. That was targeted for the back of the net, and Soros got the blocker to it. Canes get to it, winds it in on Soros. Soros on the back end up for Ellis. Ellis takes a look. His pass deflects out front. Cummins got a step, and he scores. Now the puck kept in by Bean at the point. His shot deflected, chopped. Now taking a look, it's Halla. The Canes empty cage. 3-1. Nashville takes the lead with a minute three left to go here in this contest. Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. The Nashville Predators win it 3-1. Hurricanes 13-game point streak is over as we kick off the penultimate morning after podcast in the regular season. Uh, It all ends on Monday night. The Hurricanes have clinched everything that they can clinch within the division. Everything other than that is gravy. And we will talk about all of it throughout the broadcast here, or whatever we want to call it, the podcast. It's not a broadcast, it's a podcast. Uh, You know what it is. Anyway, Alec Campbell, join us in just a little bit. A lot of stuff to kind of uh, hash out, some about the game, uh, which I think was probably... Um, better than some people assume. I thought Carolina played hard. Nashville clearly had a lot more on the line than the Hurricanes did, and we'll talk about it because I think it impacted the game uh, pretty significantly. Uh, But remember that we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. I know you know this, but I like to remind you. uh, If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets. You'll never get on a ladder again. Well, you might, but it won't have anything to do with your gutters. Uh, So it's all at AluminumCompany.com. 13-game point streak over. Nashville 3, Carolina 1 in a game in which the Predators, their level was just a little more determined than Carolina. With that said, even though I think Nashville was better, I thought it was a pretty uh, fairly even game. I mean, I think Carolina was good enough to win this game tonight. I thought Alex Nedeljkovic was good enough to win this game tonight. I think UC Soros may be a little bit better. Maybe the quality of Nashville's chances just a little bit better than the Hurricanes. Uh, and I think the team that played a little bit better won the game. Luke Cunning with a pair of a uh, pair of breakaway goals, maybe some defensive zone breakdowns, but also I think also good play by Nashville. Uh, 
Uh, and this is clearly not the same team that the Hurricanes uh, pretty much owned through the regular season. 6-0-0 coming in. One of those wins was in overtime. The Natchez to Ajo uh, play from the uh, from the left wall to Ajo across. Um, so uh, Nashville, though, needed to win a game to get into the playoffs. Carolina didn't need to do anything. And I understand that um, we can... I guess, make believe that the president's trophy is significant. Heck, you'd like to have the best record in the NHL when it's all over. Uh, And you still might if you win a hockey game on Monday. Uh, But it shouldn't be. I mean, it's not the goal. It's just not the goal. And I never thought it was the goal. um, And it probably isn't for the guys in the locker room. That isn't to say they didn't want to win the game. I mean, again, Carolina played hard. Nashville played with a little bit more desperation than Carolina did. That just that's just flat out the truth. Um, Nashville also uh, has a lineup, although missing Victor Arvidsson. Nashville's got a lineup that plays a little bit. You know, it's a little bit more at full strength than Carolina. Remember, Carolina's down three NHL forwards. The fourth line is all out. Now, we can debate whether or not Stephen Lorenz is going to be in when the fourth line uh, is convened for the postseason because I think Stephen Lorenz is one of their top 12 forwards. Uh, although Morgan Geeky has really played well. Uh, ever since trying to remember the game now uh, where Geeky made the mistake on, uh, on a game-winning goal, uh, I really I, I can't even remember the game now. But since then, Morgan Geeky has been a very good player. Um, and he's a center too. So, I mean, I could certainly see geeky <laughs> drawing in, uh, except that I think Steven Lorenz is just better suited, uh, to be a fourth line center than Morgan geeky is, even though it does geeky would have given Carolina two right handed faceoff guys. Uh, Lorenz has a lefty, but I think, uh, Rod likes his size and his speed and all of that. Uh, but we might also might see Cedric Paquette. Uh, jump back in and uh, man the center position on the fourth line uh, with Lorenz kind of waiting in the wings for his opportunity. Uh, Either way, one more game in the regular season, and we'll talk about the impact uh, that the lineup might have. But let's get to the most pressing story of the night. One period, a little bit more than seven minutes for Jacob Slavin, and that was it. Uh, Slavin, lower body injury. Um... Rod Brindamore said after the game that, yes, it was precautionary, but they'll know more tomorrow because Slavin tweaked something. You don't like to hear that, but here's what I will say. Jacob Slavin most certainly will not play Monday, and there is a full week between tonight and and the earliest possible playoff game for Carolina. So, let's let's hope that it isn't devastating, because that's what it would have to be. And that's what it would be. Jacob Slavin is, and Brett Pesci is in the same category, uh, but even within that category, Slavin, mm, they're not going to win a playoff round. They're not going to win a series without Jacob Slavin. Just not. Um, I've, I've, I don't know how long I've been saying this. 
It's too long, to be honest. Carolina did not add defensive depth on the blue line, NHL depth on the blue line. So think about their defensive lineup without Jacob Slavin. Now, you're not, you weren't replacing Jacob Slavin with another uh, player of the caliber of Jacob Slavin. I get it. But without Jacob Slavin, here is your top six. Shea and Hamilton, likely in the top pair. Pesci and Bean. Hockenpah and Gardner. That, that six, that six not winning a playoff series. Nope, no chance. Well, shouldn't say no chance, small chance. And that's not good for a team that, oh, just might end up with the best record in the NHL. Uh, so uh, it certainly bears watching, but at the risk of uh, contradicting myself, not entirely sure that Jacob Slavin uh, couldn't have continued to play if he uh, if he had to, if it was a playoff game and if it was a playoff series already. I'm pretty sure that Jacob Slavin would be in the lineup on Monday, but I'm just guessing here. Uh, hopefully it will not be uh, too bad, but they'll find out. They'll find out tomorrow. I thought the game was played with a, with a physical edge. I thought Nashville dictated that, uh, as you could expect from a team that needed two points to clinch a playoff spot. Dallas is going to Chicago for two games. Uh, and those two games are tomorrow and Monday. If the Hurricanes had won tonight's game, if they had won this game in regulation, Nashville's got one more game left. Dallas has two in Chicago. And if Dallas had picked up, now Nashville could have won Monday, right? Dallas, Nashville could have won Monday. All, Nashville needed two points out of these games. If they got two points, didn't make a difference what Dallas did. But if Nashville only got one point out of these two games, and Dallas uh, swept Chicago. Dallas was in the playoffs, not Nashville. So Nashville played the game uh, like a team that absolutely had to win. Uh, and I can totally, totally understand that. All right, we're going to take a short break. Uh, this might be a brief penultimate Canes Corner podcast, uh, but we'll see what we do with Alec Campbell when we come back on the other side. Uh, reminder that you can rate us, review us, give us five stars. If you don't give us five stars, uh, then I'm telling your parents. All right, Alec Campbell's going to join us on the other side. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. The Canes Corner podcast drops after every Hurricanes game, uh, and the playoffs are right around the corner. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, a man very protective of his dental equipment. That's uh, right. Yeah, like I wish people could have heard the stuff that we talked about before we actually began recording uh, this segment of the podcast, but it's just going to have to stay between uh, me and Alec and the cutting room floor. Um, are you ready for all May Hurricanes Predators? Yeah, I, I actually am because I thought it was a pretty entertaining game tonight, yeah, to I be honest. Too. I mean, I, I thought that it was a good, solid, chippy, physical hockey game teams both had chances both goaltenders were making some saves i just kind of thought that nashville had the slight edge in play for most of the night i don't know that carolina ever really got to their level and i thought that was mostly dictated by nashville's ability to come out with the physical edge i thought they initiated a lot of the physicality in the game 
And I, I don't think that Carolina necessarily backed down, but because it was initiated by Nashville, they kind of just had the upper hand. And I think that helped lead them to the rest of their game. And so I thought they were, they were just a little ahead of Carolina all night long. But for the most part, I just thought it was a really good hockey game. And it's going to be a fun series. And I don't know what we'll say, you know, the eighth time in a row these teams <laughs> play. But, hey, it could happen. So, yeah. and, you know, that's fine. If they, if they play games like this, it's going to be a fun series. Rest of May. I mean, basically, the series is not beginning until at the earliest – a week from tonight, a week from Saturday. So right. uh, the 15th is the earliest it could begin. So if that's the case, and it goes, and it goes, let's just say, seven games, uh, then we're talking about basically to the end of the month. So the rest of May, uh, it's the Hurricanes and the Nashville Predators. And I think what you just said was, I mean, that's the way I termed it. Uh, to me, physical game, Nashville dictated. So, yeah, I give them the slight edge in play. Uh, both teams had plenty of chances to score. I, I know Tripp said during the game that he thought that maybe Nashville, that the Hurricanes might have had the better chances. I mean, I don't know, better. I think they had almost as many super chances. Uh, I think Nashville's, you know, like B, B chances were better than Carolina's B chances. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Carolina didn't get a lot well, of work done in the middle of the offensive zone. Uh, and that's the one thing I would say is a little bit concerning uh, from tonight. But Nashville also played a more, a little bit, they had a, little, a higher level of desperation uh, for yeah. obvious reasons than Carolina. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, the president's trophy is cool and all. It's, it's, it's another carrot. It's another trophy kind of along the way. And I'm not saying, you know, those things are completely irrelevant or don't matter or don't motivate you, but they don't motivate. It doesn't motivate you as much as a team that's still trying to secure its playoff life. And to me, that's exactly what it was tonight was way more desperation on the part of Nashville. And I am not discouraged by the way Carolina played tonight. I would be more discouraged by the way they played on Thursday night against Chicago, the more discouraging thing for me, depending on what the extent of it is, obviously is Jacob Slavin. If he is out for any length of time. Yes. Um, Rod's comments after the game were, uh, at the same time, um, comforting and also concerning. <laughs> like yeah. he gave off the impression that yeah, it was, it's a little tweak. It was precautionary. It's a little tweak. We'll know more tomorrow. Um, as long, I mean, he finished the period, so right. You know, I I can't think that it's too bad. Um, and remember that there is a week off. So yes. if even if they played Saturday, I have to think that you know if it's a muscle strain or something to that effect or. Um, I, you know, hopefully it's not a knee, um, but you know, if it's a muscle strain or something, I mean, he can be back in a week. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not concerned, but I'm more, uh, I'm more in line with thinking, all right, they'll, uh, they should be okay. Uh, and because 
as we, you and I have talked about before, no 74, uh-uh, it ain't happening. It, we're, yeah, uh, I mean, we're, 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 the podcast will end at, uh, at the end of May. Yeah, this is de- definitely not, well, I mean, I, I could see him winning a series potentially, but the, 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 the cup ain't happening. I mean, they ain't winning multiple series. That's for sure. Right. Uh, I mean, and, and, and listen, I mean, I'm not saying it's not infinitely harder to win even the first series, but it, it, it would, it's still possible obviously, but yeah, it's, it would be a huge loss. It's irreplaceable. And you know, he's, he's, I don't know, maybe more, I mean the, one of the best players on the team. So it's, it's, it's no way to no way to replace that. So for people who want to win the president's trophy, and I don't believe in any curse. All I'm saying is I don't either. It doesn't mean anything. Um, last year, best record in the NHL was Boston at the pause. They had a hundred points at the pause. They lost in the second round of the playoffs. Um, the year before, Tampa lost in the first round. The year before that, Nashville lost in the second round. The year before that, the last two rounds, the last two years, the Capitals lost in the second round each time. Uh, 2015, uh, the Rangers made it all the way to the conference finals. Uh, 2014, Boston lost in the second round. You got to go back to the Blackhawks in 13 for a President's Cup, uh, you know, President's Trophy winner uh, to win the Stanley Cup. It just doesn't mean anything. I'm certainly not against having the best record in the NHL, uh, but it can't be the goal, and I'm sure it won't be, and I'm virtually certain that the lineup on Monday will reflect that. Yeah, well, we're definitely not going to see Jacob Slavin, Uh I don't think. Right. Um, I think depending on who else comes back, if Martinook ends up playing, if Paquette can play, then there will be other guys who who come in and uh, who don't play as well. So, I mean, I think a lot of it can be dependent on that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't believe in any curse, just like I don't believe in the Madden curse. Um, if they, you know, win the president's trophy and don't win, it's going to be because they weren't better than right. the other team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know that's not good enough for other people. Uh, or, you know, they don't want to hear that part. They'd rather, it's easier to blame a curse that you can't quantify or touch or feel. Yes. But, um, oh, but did, it's did not going to be because of that. Did you mention the pitcher had a no-hitter? That's why he didn't pitch the no-hitter. Right. Because you yeah, said it. I don't believe it. in any of that. Because you said it. That's why. You jinxed him. Um, right. I, I do anticipate that uh, this will be an Uber game on Monday. Everybody on the taxi squad uh, will, and maybe some people who are playing in uh, in Chicago. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see Joey Keane get a call up for this. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm dead serious. Um, to me, I th- and I think uh, the notion that you could, you could have, although hopefully it isn't that big a deal, but the notion that you could have lost Slavin uh, will put Rod Brindamore in the position to say, look, no point in exposing certain players. Um, so to me... Um, Aho, like, yeah, Svechnikov, maybe not Svechnikov, but certainly Aho, Svechnikov, Slavin, maybe even yeah. Stahl. Get him off the ice. Get him yeah. off. And I and I I do the same thing with Brett Pesci. 
Get him off yeah. the ice. Roland McEwen, you're back from Sweden. Get in the lineup. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I would operate also with caution, even with the guys who who have been injured. Like, I, I, I understand this notion of, you know, trying to get guys a game. But the other thing for me, too, is that, like, you have a week off after that, essentially. So I, I almost feel like, like, I again, I get, you know, a guy coming back and playing, but they've almost already lost the chance to really get up to speed. I mean, right. really, <laughs> one game the, isn't going to do the, it. The, the, the advantage with a week off following that is going to be basically negligible. So I, I would even be really careful with guys like Martin Oak and McGinn and Paquette and all those guys, too. I mean, I would not force anything if I were them. I mean, they're going to come in, play one game, probably limited minutes, anyways. And then be off for five days. What's that going to do? Not a lot. Right. So, I mean, it's uh, an interesting scenario. One we're not accustomed to around here. <laughs> right. And um, if I had to guess, I would say it's going to be a James Reimer experience. Unless they want to get uh, Mrazic, you know, 20 minutes of, uh, you know, 30 minutes of a game. Treat it like a, a preseason game. And let Mrazic play the first half of the game and then put yeah. Reimer in. But I mean, I don't well, see. I guess Rod- they got. I guess, I guess they got to have two goaltenders, right? So, <laughs> yeah. or, or dress all three and give them each a period. Uh, that would be uh, that would be comical. It'd be like an all star game. Uh, mm-hmm. But honestly, that's um, to me. It should be uh, should be James Reimer. At this point, you you almost have to protect yourself. I think it would yeah. just be. It to me, it's just wise. I would feel differently. If the playoffs began Wednesday, if we were talking about a normal season where your season ends, uh, you know, normally on like a Saturday or a Sunday and the playoffs started Wednesday, I would mm-hmm. be I would be less inclined to rest people because you want to maintain a rhythm. Except that there is nobody's maintaining a rhythm because you're going to be off right. for five days either way. So exactly. Uh, by all means, do, it, this is about limiting the exposure uh, so the guys you can't afford to lose at all. Uh, to me, they don't play. Uh, but we'll see how Rod Brindamore yeah. uh, handles. I mean, I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play any of those other guys. Now that I think about it, I don't even care about the one game. I wouldn't play Martinook. I wouldn't play McGinn. I wouldn't play Puckett. I'd just let them continue to rehab. Yeah, we got to. Fu- but we still have to dress eighteen, Alec. Yeah, they can find those. They can find those guys. <laughs> George Alves, get in the game. You're playing left yeah. wing tonight. <laughs> That's right. David Ayers, where you at? <laughs> I'll call David. David, get down here. We need you. We need you for uh, for Monday. Uh, so the 13-game point streak ended, Alec. Yes, I noticed that. First regulation loss in uh, 14 games. It's too bad. It's too bad. It is. It is. I mean, you know, losing is not better than winning. That's poignant. Uh, oh, let's let's talk a cup about a couple of concerns. Uh, give me uh, give me a concern that you have as forget about entering Monday, but uh, as mm. we prepare. Uh, by the way, the uh, the opening music was "The Waiting" by Tom Petty. Uh, which mm-hmm. is because now we're, it's a great host, amazing song. Uh, but we're the waiting for the playoffs. Now we got seven days at, at the least 
for the playoffs to begin. It's going to be it's going to be a long wait for the playoffs. So what are your concerns as we have all this time to think about what is troubling you about the Hurricanes? Give me a concern. One concern is the power play yeah. right now. I think they need to regain some form there. And if Nashville, I mean, Tripp made this point on the aftermath that if Nashville continues to try to impose their physical will the way they did tonight, then I think that makes the power play even more important for them. Yep. Because I still don't think that they play with that level of thump that uh, matches up with teams who do. But that's not really my primary concern. I mean, the power play is one. The bigger concern for me is just their their defensive issues. I mean, when I think about the things that are problematic for them, that like I'm not worried about their offense. I'm not even as like their power play. I think they can get back. I mean, they 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 have a week of practice. They can work on it. They've got highly skilled players. Their power play is still number two in the league, although it hasn't been very good for a couple of weeks. But I think they can get that back. I have faith in that. The place that I don't have as much faith is just sometimes they get loose defensively. Sometimes the ability to get the puck out of their zone is a problem. And that's those are the things that have been problems for me all year long. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's those are – and then health, of course – but, you know, other than that, I mean, I don't feel that there are very many places where they are lacking all that much. All right, here, first of all, um, some data to back up your power play issues. Last 16 games, 7 of 42 on the power play. So uh, my math says that's a 16.7% success rate over that 16-game stretch, which would put them probably in the bottom, oh, fifth of the NHL uh, on the power play. Uh, Basically, over the same period of time, 18 games, the penalty kill has killed 46 of 50. (laughs) 92. 92%. The penalty kill has been off the charts great. Um, So you're still winning that battle over that stretch of time. Uh, Mm -hmm. but the power play obviously has fallen off and we'll see if they try different, uh, you know, combinations of players, uh, over, uh, you know, when they, when they get to practice. Um, so I have two other concerns. Um, obviously the power play is one, but Vincent Trocek, we've now gone 13 games without a goal. So, you know, how many times did we talk about, are you surprised that Trocek is still doing this? And I kept saying, yeah, at, the, at some point, it's yes. Um, but then it became like, man, this is just what he is. Okay, well, now 13 games without a goal is a little bit troubling. I think for the most part, he's played fine. Uh, and I didn't hate his game tonight. Uh, at all, I mean, I thought he was he was feisty tonight. I didn't think that line really had a lot, uh, except in a, you know some spurts here and there. Uh, although I, I, I believe, uh, statistically speaking, on natural stat trick, it might have been their best line, which was which would have been weird for me, um, you know. But 
any, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to check that out here in a second, but, um, I mean, the job for, they got to score. I mean, the thing that will make Carolina a bona fide Stanley cup contender is depth scoring because you know, the Ajo line is going to get the other team's best, you know, either their best line or their best defensive line, just like, uh, Brenda Moore likes to employ stall, uh, in this case, Faust and Fogel as a uh, as a checking line, uh, and if if the Ajo line slows down, man, it's going to be tough to uh, it's going to be tough to score for uh, for Carolina. So they need the Trocheck line uh, to play. By the way, Trocheck, Natchez, and Niederreiter, yeah, thirteen one, Corsi for Corsi against. Uh, it didn't look that dominant to me. Um, and then my other thing is sort of what you were talking about, the defense. I think I'm going to narrow it down a little bit more. I am severely concerned about Carolina's third pair. Hockenpah was, look, Hockenpah scored a couple of goals, and he mm-hmm. threw some, he, he delivered some hits. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's been that impactful. Uh, Jake Bean has kind of been, you know, here and there. Uh, I didn't think Bean was great tonight. He played a lot of minutes, uh, but I didn't think Bean really made uh, a positive impact in the game tonight. He was okay. Um, and that that pairing con- concerns me a ton going into the playoffs. Uh, there was a, a, a point tonight, it didn't hurt him, where Carolina had their fourth line and their third defensive pairing on the ice at the same time. And I'm like, okay, that's bold. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess they already clinched, so no harm, no foul. But uh, so those yeah. are my those are my three main concerns. The power plays well, a concern. Hockin- yeah, Hockenpah's problem is that he's not he can't skate. Right. So if people get behind him. I mean, he does have the long stick, but you know that's 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 a liability. Like I, he's got to be real careful careful about when he decides to you know, jump into the play from his defensive position. Yes. he, And I thought Carolina got caught uh, a few times tonight with the defenders uh, too far up ice. I'm not sure that in, in viewing both of those goals, I'm not sure that Carolina had that much of a breakdown. I'm more inclined to just say Nashville made no. two great plays and yes. um and just be done with it. Like I my first thought was that on the first goal, what was Hamilton doing above the blue line there? But he was on Cali Yarncroke at that point. He was right on top of him. Uh so he was at least uh he was checking somebody. Uh on yeah. the other goal, Hockenpah was caught up, but that was really a great play by Grandland. It was a set play, and Grandland just mm-hmm. redirected the puck forward to uh, to Cunning, who had a, I mean, just what a what a great game he had. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not I'm not blaming anybody. I don't think uh, anybody deserves blame. Uh, Carolina gave up two goals basically in regulation tonight. I don't think we have to uh, we have to bang anybody for it. But uh, no, so agree. There we go. We didn't we didn't blame anybody. Isn't that nice? Yeah. No, I thought I, I agree. I think there were two pretty good goals. Uh, the second one was pretty was was a I mean Soros to to uh, Ellis yeah. quick up to Granlin and just a one touch pass. 
for uh, for a pretty good goal. I thought Ned was pretty good tonight too, yeah. for the most part. I thought he was one of their better players. So I gave Ned a star. I gave Lorenz a star, and I gave Geeky a star. <laughs> Four. I feel like a fourth line. I could have given I could have given Niederreiter a star. I feel like I I, th- I thought he was feisty tonight. He was I liked his. I liked that. He also had one go off the post. Oh, how about the a, uh, the Martin Natchez? The nature's shot that went off, that rang off the post. He beat Soros. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, I just want to mention UC Soros here. Uh, a conversation with uh, Aaron Ward, uh, former Hurricane, earlier in the season. Um, you know, I was just, I like to check in with guys who I think know the league. Uh, and this is really before Soros went. I mean, like, it was five games into his I'll call it a hot streak. I'll just call it a hot streak for the sake of argument here. Um, And I said, uh, I was talking to Ward about what do you think they need? Uh, Like, I think they need, uh, you know, a top nine forward and a a top four defenseman. He goes, yeah, those things are great for depth. What you need is a goaltender uh, that can steal you a game. I'm like, who's available that can steal a game as a goaltender? Um, and he mentioned Soros and I'm like, mm-hmm. is Soros really that big an upgrade over, uh, over what Carolina has? And the response was, are you kidding me? I, and he's not the only person that feels that way, but of course, and I think you and I talked about this. Um, I had actually a few more people that said, nah, he's not that big an upgrade. And I don't think he's that big an upgrade mostly because Mrazek and Nedeljkovic have been so good. But Soros could win the Vesna. He's the, he has been that good over the yeah. last, I'd say his last 25 20, his, starts. Yeah, his last 25 starts, he's got like a one nine one uh goals against average and like a, I forget what his save percentage is, but he's been awesome. You know, when we sat here, we thought about who would you rather play? Man, I don't want to play Dallas. I'd rather play Nashville than Dallas. Well, <laughs> yeah, Nashville's good. The one thing that Nashville doesn't have, and maybe they won't need it, I'm not sure they have their high end, not quite high enough high end. Right. Right. So that, to me, is the separator between these two teams. Um and I don't think there's that big a difference in terms of, um, you know, the, gr- the the griminess when Carolina's at full strength. And I also yeah. don't think that Carolina played to their uh, to their capability of griminess today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just look at where the shots came from. Most of the shots came from, uh, you know, kind of on the perimeter. Saros uh, in his last 25 games before tonight, and it didn't go down. Uh, 941 save percentage. Yeah, 941. I referenced this. It was in their game yeah. notes. Uh, he's that was like he's played like 40 percent over 40 percent of their games or something like that in that span. Uh, yeah. So 941 yeah, save awesome. percentage before tonight in his last uh, 25 games. Uh, so uh, so there you go. Is it unfair to say? that I believe that it's just more proper to say the Hurricanes finished first in the Central than they won a Central Division championship. I mean, it, it, they're, they're the same thing, 
but it's just a matter of how you say it. That's all. Like saying they saying they won a central division championship trumps up the fact that they finished first. That's all. So there's really there's there's really no difference. It's, it's just semantics. A, a matter of yeah, it's all it is. Um, but you know, people want to hear the trumped up version. That's right. That's what people want. It's on t-shirts. They want everything, they want everything to be better than it is. <laughs> That's that's what I've come to. That's what conclusion I've come to. Guy, guy said like, they're going to hang a banner. They're going to hang a banner that says Central Division champs. And all I could think of was like, so what? Right. <laughs> Who cares? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna look at that and uh, and like wet yourself over that. Right. Like what if they don't? You know, they act like if they don't win the Stanley Cup. Well, at least we got the Central Division banner up. Yes. Like, come on. There ain't there ain't no ceremony for a central division <laughs> banner. You're gonna pass out rings. Is there is there even a banner? Uh th- yes, there 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 would be a banner. There are okay. banners for their other division cha- division titles. Okay. And that's fine. All right, well. Hey, you can hang a banner like, for it. It's a, 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 but I just think like especially in this in the way the playoffs are gonna be this year. The winner of two playoff rounds is going to be the Central Division champion. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Wh- which one yeah. would you rather have? Right. Right. Like, the way I look at all these things is they are they are good accomplishments. They are uh, great carrots to strive for. They are good goals to set for yourself. But in the end, and, you know... Like they're good for the trophy case. Like if you know if you end up you know winning the Stanley Cup, then you look back and you say, man, you know we won the division, we won the President's Trophy, and all all on the way to the to the Stanley Cup. It's kind of a nice like linear progression of trophies that sort of even further signifies how good of a team you were that year. But none of it matters if you don't win a Stanley Cup, and that's. You know that's 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 part of the problem that we've had around here for a long time is that we've been too satisfied with the the smaller accomplishments. And I'm not saying that you don't sort of crawl before you walk sometimes, and you, you shouldn't appreciate these things, and you shouldn't like learn to celebrate the little things. But at the same time, like I mean, you're here. We're here to win cups. You're not here to just make the playoffs right. or you know, these other things, because that's what it was for the longest time. It was, you know, making the playoffs felt like winning a, you know, winning a championship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, you know, more signifies how bad you were than how good of a season it was probably. But, uh, you know, they're all, they're all good things to get along the way, but they don't matter as much as winning a, winning a cup. So, all right, final thing, and then we'll uh, we'll put a wrap on this, and we'll let you. Uh, I don't know what you're doing in Hickory, but uh, whatever you're doing there, we'll let you go back and do it. Um, Tampa has gotten <laughs> run the last two nights. They got run by Dallas. They got run by Florida tonight. Uh, and if Tampa doesn't win, uh, rather, uh, yeah, if they don't win on Monday, 
then Florida will have home ice advantage for their series. So Florida and Tampa are are finishing out the month of May to get against each other, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, do you th- you still look at Tampa as the favorite? How do you look at the the Lightning? Yeah, now? they're setting everybody up. That's what they're doing. They're just setting everybody up. They don't care. They just need to get in the playoffs, and then they'll be they'll they'll turn it on. That's how I feel about them. I'm not for one second believing in anything that's happening right now. Because like for them, really, all that they're gonna do is flip flop the seating. I mean, they'll play the same team. Oh yeah. So I mean, doesn't matter to them. They're just they're just coasting to the playoffs, and then they're gonna they're gonna bring the heat. That's how I'm viewing it. Just like you said the other day, assume your partner's going to make it. That's yep. how I'm feeling about Tampa. Well, like I'm just assuming they're going to be good. And I know it's difficult to make long runs multiple years in a row, but mm-hmm. I still just I'm not uh, I'm not sleeping on them at all. Well, I'm not, I'm I'm not either, but I I don't know, it's hard to just turn it on. And um they have, they're slumping at the right time, though. Maybe. Maybe. And they will get Kucherov, and they will get uh, Stamkos back once the playoffs begin. But it's kind of presumptuous to just assume that Nikita Kucherov is going to step on the ice and be Nikita Kucherov again. Um, and Stamkos has been out for an extended period of time, not to mention uh, he was hurt for a good chunk of last year, too. And... You know, he certainly when he came back, he was great for the you know the one period he played, uh, but that's it. So, I, Florida might be a bad match for them, and I think that's that is simply a fair thing to consider. Uh, Florida's now got a winning record against Tampa this year. Florida's fourth uh, four three and zero against Tampa. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's a slam dunk that the uh, the Lightning are even getting out of the first round uh, the way they have played against Florida. Uh, if I were if I were wagering, probably wager on the Lightning. Uh, but I think that series is going to be an absolute battle. From I think it's going to go a long way, um, and I hope uh, hope Carolina is around to see the winner. And I think that will be uh, largely dependent on. Uh, what the Hurricanes get out of Jacob Slavin. If he, I think if Slavin plays the series against the Predators, I think Carolina will be fine. Uh, if he doesn't, we'll see. Uh, but Tam- Tampa's, that's... I, I didn't expect them to get trucked tonight. That's, that's a bit of a surprise. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe they just don't care at this point, and they'll just, let's just go into the playoffs. And uh, roll with what we got. And who cares if Game 7 is on the road? Because uh, right now they're looking at both, you know, every Game 7. Uh, well, maybe not every, but depending on who escapes into the semifinals. But that Game 7s will be on the road. All right, tomorrow you got Rory two shots back. Yeah, I get, I'll take Rory. Horses for courses. He loves he loves Quail Hollow. Yeah, um, Definitely not taking... Uh, Definitely not taking uh, what's his name Keith, uh, Keith Keith Mitchell, Keith Mitchell. I mean, I ain't taking him. 
Although there are people out there that say he's got more game than we want to believe he's no, got. No, Mitch, Mitchell's got no. Mitchell's a player. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah, Gary Woodland also at seven under par. Where's he been? Yeah, he's been kind of disappeared since he won his major. This this season hasn't been great for him. Um, I'm disappointed in Phil a little bit. I really don't get Phil. I don't understand. What did Phil do? I didn't. Like, I haven't watched this a single well, he, I mean, minute. He led. He led after round one. He was seven under par. He shot right. sixty four on Thursday, and then he went out and shot like four over par on Friday, and I think today he was three over par. Um, so I, I just. I don't understand what his deal is like, Ooh. because he still, he still hits it pl plenty long. Yeah. So unless it's just like his hands have gone on him with old age that he can't get it up and down. Cause it's like, he never was, you know, he never was like a super accurate driver of the golf ball. I mean, right. he, he, he was always sort of winging it, you know, like he was always super aggressive. Um, and even Joel Dahman, who played with him on Thursday, was like, he was hitting his two wood past me. His so he still wood. plays with, yeah, he still plays with plenty of length. So it, I guess he just can't recover the way he used to be able to recover, which is weird to me. It feels like, it feels like his short game as a guy who's, you know, the greatest short game player ever, maybe should be able to do that. And I don't. I just don't really understand. He's also the perfect candidate for these other golf leagues because he's still a. <laughs> yep. He's still a draw, and he doesn't make any money playing golf anymore because he misses more cuts than he makes. <laughs> oh wait, is so, there a better candidate than Ricky Fowler? Then Fowler would be a good one too, which is also why neither of those two dudes, by the way, have outright said they won't do it. Rick, uh, Rory McIlroy has been like, no, I'm not going to do it. Even Brooks Kepka yeah. has been like, if we go play in these leagues, we're hurting the rank and file. Yes, we are. Which is, which is true. But Ricky and Phil have been like, it's interesting. Yeah. Phil's, which I think is, yeah. Phil's very did, money, money oriented. Yeah. Did you see what, did you see what happened to DeChambeau? No. <laughs> DeChambeau basically was convinced he missed the cut. He was like 90th when he left the golf course right. yesterday. Flew all the way to Dallas. Found out that, well, actually, he found out midway through. His agent texted him and said, hey, man, you're going to make the cut. And he's like, what? And the conditions got really windy, and they got really tough in the afternoon yesterday. And it pushed the cut line back. And so he found out that he made the cut. They didn't have enough fuel to turn around, so he flew all the way to Dallas, uh, spent the night in his own bed, and then took back off at 2.45 in the morning, got to Quail Hollow this morning at 6.20, drove to the golf course, was on the practice green by 7.10, teed off at 8.10. <laughs> shot like three under par today. He did? With a, double bogey, with a double bogey on 18. Gosh. How did you watch all this? <laughs> um... I didn't really. I, I I watched a good bit of it because we were out at my uh, my in laws' lake house today because we celebrated Mother's Day a day early. Oh, very nice. And uh, we were we were watching it, but also you know I was on the I was on the gram, you know, following okay. some of the stories and stuff like that. And I happened to I happened to come across that story of DeChambeau, and I listened to him talk about it and all that kind of stuff. That's so, funny. All right, yeah. well we're. Uh, 
Uh, we're all rooting for Rory McIlroy tomorrow. Uh, Let's all right. go, Rory. Absolutely. I want to see Rory win a golf tournament. Maybe he'll uh, turn his season around. Uh, sir, you have a wonderful uh, night. Happy Mother's Day uh, to your beautiful bride. Thank you very much. And her, same to yours her and all the mothers mother. out there. Yes, exactly. That's right. Uh, oh, mothers walking their dogs. I love when people send us mm-hmm. pictures of dogs. Uh, so do that. All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you uh, Monday. All right. Later. Yes. Send us pictures of how you listen to the Kane's Corner podcast. Um, went longer than I anticipated. We tackled some issues. Uh, we, uh, we try to dispel some myths, a reminder. We are brought to you by the aluminum company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the aluminum company of North Carolina online, aluminumcompany.com on Hamlin road in Durham, best customer service in the industry. Remember it's your home. It's the biggest investment you'll ever make. Take care of it. Let the aluminum company take care of it. All right, with that said, we got to get out of here. Canes lose 3-1. Monday should be a full taxi squad event. We'll see what uh, what gives. The Hurricanes will not practice Sunday at all. They will skate before Monday's game, and who knows who's playing. It could be wild. Anyway, uh, have a good one. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. I am Adam Gold. We'll talk to you Monday night. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.